Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, as we come to you today and we open your word, I pray, God, that we might find things that we haven't seen before, Lord. Enlighten us, Lord, with your wisdom, Lord, a true wisdom. Lord, an understanding that goes far beyond what we could ever imagine. And we will give you the praise in your name. Amen. You know, if you could ask one thing of God, if God came to you and said, you have one request that you could ask, what would it be? Would it be for wealth? Would it be for fame? Would it be for health? What would it be? Think about that for a moment. In our story today, King Solomon was given that opportunity to ask one thing of God. Now, we know King Solomon, the, the great king of Israel, the son of David. We know him as being perhaps the richest man in history, an incredible wealth. He was tasked with building, rebuilding the temple of Israel, the great temple, one of the great wonders of the ancient world. And Solomon's request is found in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's start with verse 7. It says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people, that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou ask this thing, and thou hast not asked thyself for long life, neither hast thou asked for riches for thyself, nor hath asked for the life of thine enemies. But it's asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, and here's really the key to Solomon's life, if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statues and my commandments as our father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. So Solomon was given a request of one thing from God, and he asked for wisdom. He said, Lord, I'm just a, boy, I'm just a, a, like a child. I don't have understanding, and, and you've put me in this position to be king. I need your help. I need your wisdom. And God was so pleased with that request that he says, not only am I going to grant that, but Solomon, I'm going to give you all the things you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you health. I'm going to give you all the things in life. Now, when you look at the definition of wisdom, the definition of wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. I really look at wisdom, I, I think of that, those last two words, good judgment. You know, good judgment is something that, man, it's just lacking in our world today, isn't it? I mean, if you don't believe that, just watch reality television. 
There's not a lot of good judgment. I, you know, I, I see some of the commercials for some of the shows that are out there. And, and, and I'll be sitting there with my wife and we talking and I, I'll say, is that really a show? Where do they find these people? It just seems like there's a premium on bad judgment in our world. It seems like we want to put the people with the worst judgment on TV and make shows of them. You know, I've seen recently a video of a, of a bunch of kids. Uh, it's a YouTube video. And they were getting one of their friends to do a backflip off of the roof and land on a bunch of boxes. Now, if you've had boys, you, you understand this, unfortunately. You can almost hear the conversation. They're probably sitting around. It's probably summertime. They've been out of school. They're bored out of their mind. And you could hear them say, hey, Johnny, I got a great idea, man. Why don't you get up on the roof, and my dad's got some boxes in the, in the garage, and we'll put those boxes together and throw some things down, and you'll do a backflip off the roof and land on the boxes, and we'll video it, and we'll put it on YouTube, and we'll get millions of hits. Well, what happened? Johnny got up on the roof, he did the backflip, he hit the edge of the boxes, and went right under the ground. Thankfully, he was okay, but he was young. But not good judgment. People in our world, they don't have good judgment. And wisdom is really about good judgment. So Solomon is going to teach us today about being wise and what it truly means to have good judgment in our lives. The first thing we see from Solomon is he shows us the importance of being proactive in acquiring wisdom. Solomon says, go out and get wisdom. Treasure it. Look for it. Make it something in your life that it's valuable for you to discover and to find. Today is practice for what you're going to face in the future. Prepare wisely today for the things that you're going to face down the road so that you're not just reacting to those situations. Be proactive in wisdom. Look for it every day to prepare yourself for what you're going to face in life. Solomon tells us, be proactive. Always look for wisdom. But what does Solomon the wise tell us about the first step to wisdom? If we say, well, where, where does the journey of wisdom begin? Where's the journey of true wisdom begin? The wisdom that only God can give. He tells us that in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. As Solomon pens these words, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. One version says, to start with God. See, all true wisdom starts with God. That's the starting line for true wisdom in our life. And that, that word, the fear of the Lord, that is taking in as, as God, honoring God, having healthy respect for God. True wisdom starts one and only place, and that's with God. See, the Bible says there's actually two types of wisdom that we'll encounter in this world. The first being a human wisdom or a knowledge, a human knowledge. What we know, what we can, can get into our heads, what we can study, what we can learn. But then there's also a godly wisdom. 1 Corinthians makes a distinction between these two. It says, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world, that, that worldly knowledge, that human knowledge, is foolishness before God. For it is written, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise, that they are useless. 
You know, people can be absolutely brilliant. You listen to some people, if, if their field is science or math or an engineering, and you, you hear them talk about their field and you go, what in the world are they talking about? I mean, they're so intelligent. But some of the most intelligent people in this world can know absolutely nothing when it comes to true wisdom. And that's what God's saying here. He's saying that there's, there's human knowledge. They're what you have in your head. It's what you've learned. And he says, to me, that knowledge is foolishness. All that you know, the smartest people on this earth, he looks at that knowledge and he says, it's nothing. Remember, we're talking about a God who created the universe, who knows all things. And our human knowledge to him is, is useless. But then there's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God that allows us to discern between good and evil, that gives us the game plan for our life. A lot of people depend on their own intellect, don't they? Probably know people that do. They not only depend on their own intellect, they depend on their own abilities. And when we depend on our own abilities and our own intellect, it's all about pride. It's all about us. We truly think that we are the ones that are able to do it and not God. So many people have taken God out of the equation. They have no use for God. It's all about what they can do. But I want to tell you in life that we as human beings are so fragile. No matter what we know, no matter how strong we are, no matter what abilities we are, in a second they can all be taken away. We're so fragile in the sight of God. The minute that we think that we're operating on our own abilities... That's truly the trap that Satan has set for so many people, especially people who have a lot of abilities. The devil will set a trap to allow them to believe that they are doing it on their own, doing it out of their own pride. And then what happens? Something comes into their life that's, that's so much bigger than anything they can ever handle, and it drops them to their knees. We must never forget that we are weak, but he is strong. We are hopeless, but he is hope. We are sinners, but he is the one that died for our sins. Truly, it is not about us. It's about him. Solomon continues this lesson of wisdom. And he tells us something interesting. He, he says, give the wisdom away. Solomon did this throughout his life. When he, when he judged in Israel, he would give his wisdom away. Now today you can see a lot of people, a lot of the, the self-help materials that are out there, so much of it is just recycled stuff. So much of it has been taken from Solomon and the Bible and different things and recycled through the years. And if Solomon were alive today, he'd be the wisest man on earth. And he could sell his wisdom for a great, great price, no doubt about it. But Solomon didn't do that. He gave his wisdom away for free. Did you realize that in this book here, which you hold in your hand, you have at home, is the greatest wisdom that's ever been written? This was a book that was inspired by God that was written through men. And it's free. So many people will spend so much to acquire wisdom when the greatest wisdom that's ever been recorded is in this book. Solomon recorded his wisdom in the book of Proverbs. 
Read chapter 2 where it talks about the benefits of wisdom. Read chapter 3 where it talks about trusting in the Lord. Read chapter 6 where it talks about dealing with life situations and life lessons. Or chapter 23 where he gives us 30 of his wisest sayings. Oh, the book of Proverbs is filled with so much wisdom. I always encourage people, read a little bit of Proverbs every day. It'll definitely make you wiser. You know, some people take vitamins every day, medication every day. This is our medication spiritually. And we need to invest in it. We need to be reading it. And Proverbs is a great place to start. The wisdom of Solomon. He shared his wisdom with us. Even today, thousands of years later, we have the wisdom of Solomon. Share your wisdom with others. You know, God has given you special things in your life. He's given you special experiences. He's given you special knowledge. He's given you wisdom. Share that wisdom with others. Use it to help people. But you know, it's a tricky thing because giving wisdom, we must do it in a humble manner. So many times we think of our opinions in life and wisdom and opinions are two different things. The Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 3, it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Too often in life, people want to force their own knowledge or force their own opinions. But when we do that, there again, we're operating out of pride rather than operating out of humility. God wants us in life to always have a humble attitude. And when we give that wisdom away, do it in humility. But don't keep that wisdom to yourself. When God has blessed you with a special situation, and maybe it was a tragedy in your life, and maybe it was something that was so difficult to get through, but you know what? God gave you the strength, and God gave you the wisdom to get through it. When you see somebody down the road that's going through that same thing, don't walk away. Go up to them, put your arm around them, and share your story. Share the wisdom that God has given you, just like Solomon shared his wisdom. So Solomon rules Israel, and things are going well. He's building the temple. He's acquiring vast amounts of wealth. He's known all throughout the known world for his wisdom and his accomplishments. But then one day, something happens to Solomon that changes not only his life forever, but changes the kingdom that he rules forever. In 1 Kings chapter 11, we see the record of this. In verse 1, it says, But King Solomon loved many strange women. Now, this interpretation means he loved many women that did not believe in the God of Israel. In fact, not only did they not believe in the God of Israel, many of them were from places that was enemies of Israel, that worshipped false gods, that were pagan. And it says, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites. That's why I'm glad I'm an American. Yeah. <laughs> of the nations concerning which the Lord saith unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon, clave unto these he loved. God tells him, Solomon, stay away. Stay away from them because what's going to happen is they're going to turn you away from me. 
And they're going to turn the nation of Israel away from me. Stay away from them, Solomon. But Solomon followed his own desires. He stopped using that true wisdom and he started using his own knowledge and his own desires. He must have forgot the words that he penned in Proverbs 5, chapter 5 and chapter 7 when it warns us. He warns us about the immoral woman. But his story continues in verse 3 and he says, And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. These were women that he was not married to but would have relations with. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. So Solomon takes in all of these women that did not believe in the God of Israel. Many were enemies of Israel who had other gods. And it said he had 700 wives. Wow. Could you imagine his honey-do list? I mean, it was no wonder Solomon was so wealthy because you know they didn't all share one bathroom. I mean, it just had to have a huge palace to, to accommodate all of this. But Solomon, he made a bad decision. He wasn't using good judgment. All of a sudden, he followed after his own desires. You remember when your parents told you, don't hang out with so-and-so. Remember that? We all remember that, those people that were bad influences in our lives. And the reason they said that was simple. Because your parents understood one thing. That if you make good decisions in your life, and you get around people that make bad decisions, chances are you're going to start making bad decisions. Too often we hear people that say, well, I'll, my, my good influence will change them. I hear that from people when they find that special girl or that special boy, and they're going to marry him. And they say, they haven't quite come around to, to Christ yet, but, but when we get married... Oh, I know they're going to come around. No, they won't. Chances are slim that they will. They might. But I want to tell you today, make sure that they're coming to Christ before you take that step of marriage. Because it's so easy for a bad influence to change a good person. The wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, the wisest man, what happened? He was led astray by bad influences. He was taken away. The wisest man. So where do we think that we're wiser than Solomon, that we're going to change people's lives? And truly, lives can be changed. Truly, God can change that, that person, even if you've made that decision and you're in a relationship. Now, God can change that person. But it's very hard when there's bad influences all the time. And we see this in Solomon's life. Verse 6, he tells us, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did his father David. You see, Solomon started to build idols to all the false gods of his wives. He started to worship them, to appease them because their influence was so strong on him that he walked away from God. And in verse 9 it says, and the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from him, from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him 
twice. Now, that, that always amazes me in the Old Testament. You see that where God appears to people. Now, I don't know about you, but if God had appeared to me and told me to knock it off the first time, boy, I don't know about you, but I think my ears would have been wide open. But Solomon, God appeared to him twice. He says, Solomon, what are you doing? I've given you so much. I've given you wisdom. I've given you riches. I've given you everything that you've ever wanted. And I told you, Solomon, I told you not to entertain those things, but you did. And you're headed down a road of destruction. You've got to turn around, Solomon. You've got to make good decisions. And the second time he came to him, and he said the same thing. But you see what happens is the habit of sin, that habit of sin is hard to break. When we start to entertain those things, and we let them in. And then after a while, they become a habit. And then they become a stronghold in our lives. It's so hard to break. And Solomon, even with God in front of him, it was so hard for him to break the habit of sin. And verse 10 says, And had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee. I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and I will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in the days, I will not do it for David, thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rend away the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. The price of foolishness is high. Solomon goes from Solomon the wise to Solomon the foolish because he starts to rely on his own intellect. He starts to rely on his own desires. And the price of his foolishness was high. For disobeying God, God tells him, Solomon, some things are going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen is, is the kingdom of Israel, this great kingdom that I've allowed you to rule it's going to be torn in two after your death. And we see that happen. We see the kingdom divided because of Solomon's foolishness. We see his son Rehoboam who takes over the kingdom. And the kingdom is split. And Rehoboam, his son, would rule Judah and Benjamin, the two tribes of the south. And the other ten tribes would be taken away. And a man named Jeroboam would come in and rule those ten tribes. And eventually they were overcome and overtaken by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom, about 150 years later, was overcome by the Babylonians. And Israel had fallen back into captivity. All because the price of foolishness is high. The price of not listening to true wisdom is high. Solomon penned these words in Proverbs chapter 8. He says, hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Solomon heard instruction from God himself, but he wasn't wise. He refused it. Proverbs chapter 4, he tells us, get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Oh, Solomon could undoubtedly hear those words in a distant past. Those words to seek out understanding, to seek out instruction, to refuse it not but he didn't listen. Don't think today that you and I can't fall in to foolishness. Don't think today that, that we're so wise that we can't fall into Satan's traps. The wisest man in the world fell into them. 
In his later days, Solomon would write these words in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanities. Meaningless, meaningless. All things in the world. And Solomon gives us a laundry list of things, of material things in, in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he says, all of these things, they're all meaningless. All the things you try to acquire in your life, that human knowledge you try to acquire, those riches you try, all become meaningless in the sight of God and in the sight of true wisdom. It's a vapor. It's just there for a second, and then it's gone. You can't hang on to it, and you can't take it with you. Oh, I believe if Solomon were here today, he would, he would give us some strong advice. Solomon has already told us how important it is to get wisdom, how important it is to share wisdom with others. He's told us that the beginning of wisdom is to honor and respect God. But all those things don't matter if we don't use it. I believe if Solomon was here today, he would tell us, use the wisdom that God has given you. Use the wisdom. You know it in your head. You know it in your heart. But if you're not using it, then it's absolutely meaningless. It's worthless. So many times people don't use the wisdom God has given them. You know, electricity is a great thing, especially on a hot summer day. Air conditioning, lighting, or televisions. I mean, if you don't think electricity is important, what happens when the electric goes out in your house and your cell phone battery is not charged? If you have kids, it's the end of the world. You know, 20 minutes is like an eternity. I mean, how can they survive without electricity? Imagine having electricity, but never using it. Never using it. Imagine how hard life would be. You, you wouldn't have all the benefits that you have now. You, you wouldn't have all of the comforts you have now. It would make life a lot more difficult, wouldn't it? Same thing's true of wisdom. We can possess the wisdom, but if we're not using it, we're not going to get the benefits from it. And it's going to make life a lot harder. Solomon had all the wisdom in the world, but he stopped using it. And it destroyed his life. You know, when you're faced with a tough situation, you're not in it alone. When God has given you his wisdom, that true wisdom, you're not in it alone. No matter what you go through in life, realize that God is there beside you. Just as he was with Solomon. God was so concerned with Solomon that he appeared to him twice to try to straighten him out. God does the same things in our lives. He'll put things into our lives that keep us on that straight path. Oh, it's so important today to understand that no matter what road we travel, that Christ is there. He's there beside us. He's there with his wisdom. And he wants to help us. And he wants to guide us. When we look at our Lord's example of when he was faced with the most challenging time in his life as Judas would betray him and as, as the the guards were coming for him, and he was in the garden. What did he do in Matthew 26? It says that Jesus went to the garden to pray. And he prayed there three times. And he would pray, and he would wait in patience for an answer from God. In the Old Testament, God exhibited great patience when Solomon and when Israel would go their own way. So really... When we think of our example of our Savior, what did he do? When he sought out God, 
He did it through prayer. Oh, wisdom is found only through God. True wisdom is found through asking, through prayer. And then it's that patience to be able to wait until God blesses us with his wisdom, until God opens a direction for us. And then it takes faith. One of the great verses in the Bible is found in the book of Matthew chapter 7. It's one of my favorite verses. Ask and it is given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and everyone that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh shall be open. James tells us of wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unabradeth not, and it shall be given him. You see, it's real simple to find true, lasting wisdom. We got to ask the source. We got to ask the source. And we got to do it in faith. The Hebrews tells us in chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That's where that patience comes in to realize that, Lord, I've asked, and now I'm ready to receive. A sign of faith is taking time to go to God with the right heart and humility and ask and believe. You know, we gave a definition of wisdom at the beginning of our message. And in closing, I want to give a definition of true wisdom. True wisdom being that given from God. I believe that definition would read the quality of having God's experience, God's knowledge, and God's good judgment. Who has more experience than God, the creator of the universe? Who has more knowledge than God? Who has more good judgment than him? What is true wisdom? Well, true wisdom is, first and foremost, knowing the Savior. It's coming to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's step one. Then we begin to acquire wisdom through him, through prayer, through godly counsel, through his word. Then when we get that wisdom, and this is the key step, we got to use it. Are you using that wisdom today? Are you using it in your own life? Are we sharing it with others? Because God's right there beside us all the way through our lives, through our problems, through our hurts, through our struggles. He's there with us. Use him. Use the wisdom he's given you and God will richly bless you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we don't have to figure it out all on our own, Lord. Lord, that even in our darkest hour, Lord, when we don't know what to do, when we don't know where the answer's coming from, Lord, we know that you're there. We know that you have the answer. We know that you can rain down wisdom, Lord, that will give us a direction. Many times that we don't even see was there. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you that, Lord, you are always there. And just like Solomon... Lord, when he used that wisdom, Lord, you blessed him. But Lord, when he allowed foolishness into his life, Lord, the price of that foolishness was so high. 
And God, sometimes we don't, re- we don't really understand, Lord, the price of our foolishness and how not only does it affect our life, but it can affect the lives of others. Lord, we ask you today as we enter this time of invitation, if there's one here who, Lord, has never met the Savior, Lord, may today be the day and we'll give you the praise. Christ's name.